0: Hashem ze fasayti v'tach, uvi agid tihi la secha. Hashem ze fasayti v'tach, uvi agid Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. Yesterday we had the opportunity to read Pashash Truma, which offers each and every one of us a special opportunity to re-explore and rediscover the most central place of every Jew's past and future, and that is the Makom HaMikdash. The Torah provides extraordinary detail in presenting us with the schematic for the location in which we, finite mortal man, is invited to meet and connect with the infinite creator. And while this is still absent from our familiar experience, the Torah's detailed depiction of the Mishkan allows us to meaningfully connect with a place that we have yet to fully experience. And the Torah outlines the various sections of the Mishkan, which serve ultimately as a template for the Batei Mikdash, for the real temples which would be established as a permanent replacement for the more temporary Mishkan. And while the Mishkan and the Mikdash are each distinctly unique, and they're different in many ways, they are sort of foundationally and structurally similar in many respects. And both the Mishkan and the Mikdash contain three basic zones, each with its own set of definitions and limitations. The Azara, often translated as the Courtyard, can accommodate many different types of people, both kohanim and non-kohanim. And it is not reserved exclusively for a particular type of avoda for a particular type of worship. The next section, the next zone, if you will, is called the heichal, or the kodesh. And this is only accessible to kohanim, and it is reserved for specific and unique types of worship. And although most people would undoubtedly cherish the opportunity to stand next to the Shulchan and perhaps touch the menorah, These are kalim, these are vessels which most will only be able to encounter and experience by catching a glimpse from a distance, because this zone is off-limits to most individuals. And, of course, the innermost chamber, the Kodesh Kadashim, the Holy of Holies, this is off-limits to everyone, with the exception of the Kohen Gadol, who may enter only at very specific points in time on the day of Yom HaKippurim. Rav Salavechik, of Racha shared a most incredible insight by extracting meaning and spotlighting the eternal relevance of the Torah's prescribed structure of the Mikdash. And the Rav suggested that each and every individual's personality consists of three zones, similar in concept to the template of the Mikdash as I just presented. One's azara, if you will, one's hypothetical courtyard. So this is the part of my personality that is shared with others, with good friends, and even with mild acquaintances. While one would be wise to remain appropriately guarded and reserved in this area of his personality's sanctuary, if you will, this is the part of oneself that is open, exposed, and it is shared with many. Each and every one of us similarly has a heichal. Fewer people are invited into the heichal of our personalities. This space is reserved for those with whom I am closest and for those with whom I share a more intimate side of myself. And of course, we also possess an innermost sanctum, our personal kodesh Kedashim, which is off-limits, by and large, to everyone but ourselves. It is in this very special and sacred place that we enter during the most holy and special moments of our life, such as the great day of Yom Kippur. It would seem to me that one of the most concerning features of contemporary society and culture is what appears to be confusion, and at times even a corruption, of the unique functions of these different spaces. That which was once considered to be personal and intimate is all too often publicly broadcast. Thoughts and feelings that would have been reserved for one's closest and intimate friends and family members are routinely shared with very large circles of friends and acquaintances and even complete strangers. We see this often, primarily with the use of social media in which people take parts of their life that are really, by and large, private and personal and share them with the entire world. At the same time, those moments in our life during which we should be inviting people into our heichel, our kodesh, to share moments of bonding and connection, they have become transplanted with long stretches of wasted time, wandering the seemingly endless halls of the virtual azaros that we have created. How tragic it is to see families and couples wasting, squandering precious moments of what we call sometimes alone time, by obsessively strolling or all too often scrolling in these azaros, these courtyards that are far larger than the human mind and soul were designed to inhabit. And this cultural breakdown of the walls and barriers that separate and define the various arenas of our personality will continue to complicate and at times even devastate many of our relationships. In order to fix this, we must focus on our inner Azara, Heichel, and our Kodesh Kodashim, because we can reclaim these spaces and we can dramatically improve ourselves as individuals and in our relationships and connections with others, but we need to be mindful of these different zones and how they are to be used. Now, of course, on Sundays, we try to focus on why we pray. We try to take a closer look at some of the foundational underpinnings of prayer, And appreciate that when we turn to God in prayer, we have an opportunity to engage in moments of true self reflection. We turn inwards, and by doing so, we are able to connect more meaningfully with God. Using the template of the Mishkan, using this schematic, if you will, of the Mikdash, with three zones, the Azara, the Hechel, and the Kodesh Kadashim, as a way of understanding and appreciating the experience that we have every time we pray, I think here as well we have a very unique opportunity to connect with an idea, and to visualize the experience that we are trying to achieve in a more concrete way if we think about how to properly ground ourselves during moments of prayer. All too often, we come to shul and we are standing in the azara of our minds and our hearts the entire time, right? We have never entered an inner chamber. We are davening, even the most important parts of davening, while standing in the azara, We are distracted, we are looking around, we are still very much connected to other people, and in certain circumstances, God forbid, we are still very much connected to the devices that are in our hands or our pockets, and so therefore we cannot possibly connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, moments like that, as if we are standing in the Heichal. If only we could train ourselves, if only we could prepare ourselves to leave that Azara and to step into a quieter space to, for a moment, leave the Azura behind and to step into a more sacred space, a place in which we feel a greater sense of, of privacy, in which we feel a more intimate connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. we can undergo a dramatic transformation in a relatively short period of time if we make the conscious choice to leave one zone and enter another. Ideally, we're not going to stop there. And I know that this is maybe, for many of us, myself included, it may be too bold to suggest initially that every time we daven we are going to enter the Kodesh Kadashim Mamish. But I don't believe that we need to reserve moments like this for Yom Kippur only. There have to be times throughout our life that we can, either because the situation or circumstances demand it of us, or because we are just appropriately primed and prepared for this experience, to walk from the Azara to the Heichal, and then from the Hegel into the Kodesh kadashim, we can enter a space in which there is really nothing but me and the Rebona Shalolam. And being able to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that way could really propel our entire experience of tefillah to entirely new heights. We can experience our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a way that is dramatically different than anything else that we experience. You know, I mentioned in the past that some of the questions that we have about davening, about why we daven the same thing every day, and why is it we have to ask for this, and why do we have to follow a specific text? All of these questions, they bother us primarily when we're not davening the way we should. But when we are able to sort of disconnect from the world around us and properly connect with the Drabbona Shalom, all of these questions fall to the wayside. They don't bother us anymore because we know that we have connected to something that is truly transcendent. We feel extraordinarily lifted by this experience, and suddenly these questions don't bother us anymore. The way we achieve that is by learning how to walk from the Azara to the Heichal, from the Heichal to the Kodesh kodashim, and if not every time we daven, well, at least as often as we can. But remember, as long as we are going to try to daven meaningfully while standing in the Azara, with all of the noise and the distractions and the relative disconnection that's going on, it's going to be a very, very difficult, if not an impossible task. Be'ezu HaZashem, this coming Tuesday, when we focus on how to daven, I hope to share with you an insight from of Shimon Schwab, in which Rav Shab tells us that if we take a close look at the Siddur, particularly at filashachris Shachris, we'll see that it is structured in a way that is designed to, to guide us from one place in the Mishkan to the other. There are in fact many points and many stations along the way throughout our davening which remind us that the Anshei Knesset Sagadola wanted us to remain in this very special and sacred place, the Mishkan, the Mikdash, inside of ourselves every time we pray. And so this morning I share with you the concept that we have, again, different zones inside of ourselves, and we have to try to thoughtfully and deliberately and consciously move from one zone to the next. And Be'ezu HaShem this coming Tuesday, I hope to be able to point out more markers along the way, to be able to show you how the signposts are there. There are literally within the Siddur opportunities to reflect again and again and again how we are walking every time we daven through the halls of the Beis HaMikdash. But first we begin with this broader perspective, with the concept, by introducing ourselves to the idea that the Mishkan and the Mikdash are templates for Avodah, that the blueprints of the Mishkan that we read about yesterday in Parshish Truma provide us with a template, with a schematic which could be used to enhance our davening every time we pray. But as Hashem, we will learn how to effectively return to these special places that are always reserved for us in our minds and our hearts thereby uplifting and enriching the entire experience of davening every time we pray. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day.